1: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, February 4th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, what's happening at the RNC winter meeting? Number two, a bad jobs day on tap for Biden. And number three, Pelosi supports staffer unionization. All right, Jake, let's get into it this morning. TGIF, uh, we are leading this morning's Punchbowl News AM newsletter with uh, some intel from the RNC. It's gathering uh, for its winter meeting in Salt Lake City, and the party is set to vote to censure representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kingsinger. Uh, not necessarily a surprise Cheney and Kingsinger have been... In the uh, eye of the storm, so to speak, uh, at odds with a lot of their Republican colleagues for months, but certainly notable.
0: Yeah, listen, I mean, the RNC is going to move to to kind of uh, whack Cheney and Kinsiger. The RNC doesn't really matter that much. I hate to say this. The Kinziger and, and they are uh, it's a it's an organization that's controlled by allies to Donald Trump. I mean, that's. Uh, the the RNC has no bearing on the House Republican Conference, uh, and uh, I I would say this. I mean, listen, Cheney and Kissinger, we know their story, right? This is no surprise to me. It's no surprise to you or Brez. Uh, Republicans don't like them because they've spoken out against Trump. I mean, that's it, right? That's that's the whole story. Um, and uh, uh, they've been agitating against her for, and and Kinziger for months. And um, irony is Kinziger and Cheney are much more conservative by any standard than Donald Trump and his allies. Um, but regardless, so they're going to censure him, censure them today. So the question then becomes, what does Kevin McCarthy do? Does McCarthy... It does is there a renewed kind of um push in the conference to expel Cheney and Kinzinger. Uh they'd need two thirds of the conference to do so. Uh and McCarthy has been has been very eager to uh to tamp this down.
1: Well, it's a sideshow. I mean, if you his whole focus is on regaining the majority, this is a sideshow. There's there's no if, and or but about it.
0: Yeah, so the so two thirds of two twelve, which is what House Republicans have, is one hundred forty one. I don't
1: early I'm not, math.
0: D- Very good. Yeah, yeah, I've not done a whip count here. Um could they get that? Maybe. It's a secret vote, so you know, anything could happen. Um I, I but the way the leadership sees it, and I, I've spoken to them a lot about this, um, like Republicans are in a good position. Why turn the spot re- the spotlight around on them? Like, what is the point here? You know, um, I don't. It's just it makes no sense. Like, keep the spotlight on Biden. This is what they say, uh, and on Democrats, they're in the majority. And and what are they doing here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what are they doing by? Exp- Try to expel two people who might not even be in Congress next term. Kinziger's retired. Cheney has a primary challenge. I don't know if Cheney's going to win or lose. I have I have no clue. I have no idea. Um, they feel like they won't. Leadership feels like like she will lose. We, we don't have a crystal ball. I left it in my bed this morning.
1: Um, I don't know, Anna. What do you think? I mean, the politics... Yeah, I mean, I, On the contours of it all, I agree with it. I think the reason why it matters um, to us, not not the practical implications, right? Nothing changes. But it is, I think, to your point, I mean, I think it really is. We look at what Kevin McCarthy does here, right? You know, does, if he's seen as protecting Cheney and King's that's a problem. For him, right, it's a problem for him in terms of damaging his relationship, not only with his his membership, but also with former President Donald Trump. Something that he has worked hard to maintain uh, since Trump left office. So, you know, I, I think that is the the person I'm watching here, much less of you know what it what it actually means. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning: a bad j- jobs day, maybe on tap for. President Joe Biden, the January employment numbers come out this morning at 8.30 a.m. Biden's set to talk about them at 10.45 a.m. Um, the crystal ball here is uh, is not a great outlook for Biden. No. Um,
0: so, no, it, it, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> the New York Times reports that this could be a bad jobs number because January was the peak of the Omicron variant. And... Um, there's a range of estimates from a gain of 250,000 jobs to a loss of 400,000 jobs. You better hope if you're the White House that you don't have a loss of 400,000 jobs, even if it's temporary. Um, but uh, Biden's going to talk about this at four, at uh, 1045 this morning um, from the White House before his day. He's going to Upper Marlboro, Maryland today, and then he leaves this evening, uh, late this afternoon for Wilmington, to his weekend home in Wilmington. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, I don't know, Anna, the politics of jobs numbers are, they matter now, in a sense, that, in a way that they didn't um, in the Trump era, because Trump and that White House believed the people were we're messing with the jobs numbers for, you know, I don't know, it's not even worth talking about what he thought on this issue. But, but Biden talks about this every month, every month when there's job numbers, he gives a credence.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, it, it's going to be something to watch. And certainly, you know, we're coming off a tough week for Democrats, they weren't able to find a deal on government funding, they weren't on, you know, able to find any movement really on this, you know competes act like in terms of this pressure that the white house is saying hey we need to have this done before the state of the union and then he kind of gets hit by this ostensibly it's just another blow to the white house which has been trying very hard to have a reset moment All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning for us. Uh, Very interesting what is happening on the Hill right now in terms of uh, employees and staffers in kind of an almost uh, outward rebellion about some of the grim uh, employment standards that each of these offices have. Uh, The news here, Speaker Nancy Pelosi throwing her considerable weight Thursday behind a growing movement to unionize Capitol Hill aides. This is a, a sea change, right? I think the idea that there's bad, that it's a bad place to work, that staffers are, you know, underpaid, have a lot of issues in terms of, you know, kind of minority staffers being able to move up or feel like they're accepted in the workplace. You know, I've done a ton of reporting on this. We've done some public events on it. But this is this is the real shift from just even like kind of the, the tacit acknowledgement up on the Hill that this is an issue to, oh, you know, as I said, kind of an outward rebellion, yeah, so uh,
0: we have a lot of listeners who work on Capitol Hill, so good morning. You might be unionized. No, I, I mean, I, it's a big deal, a massive, massive, massive deal. lot to unpack here. Um, Anna, you and I have talked about this forever. Every congressional office operates as its own entity. Um, given that reality, could a union help standardize? Pay, hey, standardized procedure, you know, bring op- some... Reg- basic
1: operating thing. Right? I mean, I, it's still stunning to me that each office, which are very ill-equipped, they aren't healthcare experts. They're not experts in pay and leave and all kinds of things. Operate in, on a two-year basis, potentially, where you're having to restart from, from scratch.
0: So here's the other thing. Like, I don't know how serious this is, meaning... I know a lot of people have been talking about it, right? I have um I know uh, I just know it's caught on steam in the in the kind of buzz of Capitol Hill. But is there a union willing to take it on? A, a, a big union organization, SEIU, you know, AFL-CIO, I would imagine AFL-CIO would probably be the the natural um, uh, fit here. Um and will they kind of Organize here, um, and what does that mean for Capitol Hill? I mean, I, I just don't—I don't have a good sense of all the implications here. We're going to have to look into this um, uh, in a more serious way here. But I mean, for a place that kind of operates in a in a, as strange of a, a way as the Hill does, this would be huge. I'd have to imagine. I mean leave policies, sick policies. I mean, yeah, this is just
1: huge. It's huge. It has huge potential consequences. Whether or not it's just this is kind of, there's talk of it and it fades away, that's going to be the question, right? I think the other thing, obviously, and and something we've talked a lot about is this uh, anonymous Instagram account called Dear White Staffers, which, you know, anonymously details bad working conditions on Capitol Hill. I think it's, I mean, it's really caught on just into the zeitgeist of, staffers and kind of anonymously being able to post about bad bosses and frustrations that folks have Uh, it's obviously not fact-checked or they don't you know make sure everything is is you know necessarily accurate but it has really given voice I think in this era of social media to a lot of what maybe we might hear in line or people complaining at parties about to 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 this to, to to this kind of issue that has been you know going on for for decades yeah
0: and, and dear we keep an a very close eye not very close but between myself brez and christian and even you and i know max uh all of our reporters we watch the dear white staffers instagram account um difficult to do anything you and i talked about this yesterday a lot of the 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 claims are every claim is anonymous so uh kind of wrapping your head around what to think i'm not doubting any of them at all but it's tough to report on just anonymous complaints without talking to a person taking a measure of them things of that nature but we're very in um we're very aware of the complaints and um and uh, the unionization effort serious i mean it's is a big deal and and um pelosi being behind it is you know interesting backstory Anna. uh uh, Pablo Manriquez, who is a, uh, someone that we know quite well, a friend of ours on Capitol Hill, he used to sit in our gallery. He's at Latino Rebels. He asked Pelosi about this during her press conference yesterday, and Pelosi kind of just said, uh, well, I supported the unionization effort at the DCCC, which happened recently. And then later, Drew Hamill, Pelosi's deputy chief of staff, came back and said, actually, you know, here it is. I'm, we're for it. So, you know, big deal. Uh we're going to keep an eye on this to the extent we can. A lot of stuff is going on on Capitol Hill, but for our readership, this is going to be huge.
1: And if you are a Capitol Hill staffer and have thoughts or you're behind some of the efforts to unionize it, certainly feel free to be in touch. We'd be happy to talk about it. Um, I'm yes, Anna. please
0: email us. Just first name uh, at punchbowl.news is our email address. That goes directly to us. We're trying to wrap our heads around this. You could help us wrap our heads Mm -hmm. around this. Uh, And if you're involved or if you have thoughts, please reach out. Uh, We'd love to talk to you.
1: All right. And with that, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great weekend. You can leave us a rating and review. Also, the best way to get our content is to subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.